0: Two
1: a swing a Deep left.
0: Hey everyone, JJ Cooper, Josh Norris here on another Baseball America playoff podcast presented by my bookie. We are one day in on the division series, American League division series, both, both series kicked off yesterday. We had the Astros knocking off the A's. We had the Yankees knocking off the Rays. And now today we have four games because the National League gets going as well. And for the next several days, we should have uh, another onslaught of baseball because we are in a situation where we saw it yesterday with a five game series and no days off. Starting pitchers all of a sudden got a lot more leash than they did during the uh, best of three wild card round. Josh, we had two games that the ball was flying. We had two games with a lot of offense, even though we had some really good pitchers pitching as well. Anything overall that stood out to you before
1: we dive into Astros and A's? Well, I mean, you said the ball was flying. Like, I think in in, uh, Los Angeles, I'm going to oh, Yes, in Los Angeles, the ball was flying. Like, there were some balls that didn't think probably go out in a lot of conditions. In San Diego, the balls were being hit hard where you, know, you had a bunch of home runs and the hardest ball hit of the night was a line-out, 111 miles an hour from Randia Rosarena. That's number 100 prospect in our top 100, Randia Rosarena, lining out and nearly killing whoever caught that ball.
0: It, it, it was a fun day. Uh, I think today's even going to be more fun because we're going to have four games. It's going to be a lot today. But the, the first game we had, you know, and the ball was flying there as well, especially early on, uh, Astros A's goes back and forth. Uh, again, we saw pitchers being given a little bit more chance to kind of work through some of their, uh, their jams than we did in the, in the, in the first round series. But really we had a game that kind of turned on an error, you know, defense is important in the playoffs as well. And, uh, Marcus Semien error kind of, kind of set the stage for the Astros to kind of pull away, uh, you know, over the last couple of innings and Marcus Semyon's one of the best players. On the A's, the A's defense does not look the same, though, to be honest, with uh, without, you know, Matt Chapman, best defensive third baseman in baseball, or Nolan Aronado may fight him for that, but it's a pretty good battle there, uh, you know, but without him, that, that infield defense is not, just not at the same level that it has been at times for the A's, and I, I felt, I think you probably did too, that semi arrow was, was pretty costly.
1: Yeah, no, was, as a matter of fact, that's pretty much when I tuned in, I was doing other stuff at that point, but. Uh, I saw it you know happening while I was making dinner and it was oh I hope the floodgates don't open there uh for poor Marcus Semyon. And, and then they did they open really, the floodgates. Really, they really, really did. They just kept scoring. And once that inning was over, I think it was like a two or three run lead, uh thought, well, that's the ball game right there, because you know, Enola Paredes looked looked good, Christian Javier looked pretty good, and then Ryan Presley is Ryan Presley, and that was it.
0: The Astros bullpen, they throw five of the nine innings. Lance McCullers gives up four run, four earned runs, five runs in four innings, and really got kind of knocked around. I mean, was battling trouble pretty much throughout his outing. As soon as they handed over the pen, Blake Taylor, Anoli Pérez, Christian Javier, Ryan Presley, five innings, no hits, one walk, five Ks. Utter just basically shut down the A's lineup at that point. And after some very fine work from Eusebio Petit, you know, who basically came into a jam and got out of it for Chris Bassett. Um, at, at, after that, the the A's bullpen was not up to the same level. Uh, rough outing for J.B. Wendelkin, who, as we talked about, the semi error didn't help him. But uh, but the, other, the, the overarching thing that comes out of that first game to me is, yes, this is an Astros team that was below 500 during the regular season. This looks right now more like the Astros team that has been one of the best teams in baseball uh, you know, for, for several years here. It's a good reminder that pitching staff has taken some significant hits, but the lineup still has Correa. It still has Bregman. It still has Springer. It still has, you know, he struggled this year, but it still has Altuve. Altogether, this is a lineup that, if they're if Carlos Correa is swinging the bat like this, which he didn't during the regular season, but he is doing so now this is a team that, that absolutely has enough to get to the world series again, even if they were a sub 500 team during the regular season.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was one of the narratives coming into this whole thing was the expanded playoffs might get a below 500 team in there. And it did. And it was the Astros. And now they're looking like they were playing possum the entire season, uh, to the degree that you can do so and get into the into the playoffs and then have turned it over it just turned on the switch i remembered it was uh 2019 or 2017 or whichever year you want to pick and alex bregman looked at the calendar and said it was october 5th and decided "Oh, i hit home runs on this day this is what i do uh so they just they look like an entirely different team if you told me they were 29 and 31 or whatever it was during the regular season i, I wouldn't have believed it it was they are doing it with with guys that and only paredes i I don't think if you told me that he was pitching the seventh inning or seventh inning of playoff six and seventh inning of playoff games, I, I don't think I would have believed you coming into the year because he ended last year in double-A. So th- things and are weird in 2020, man. Have you noticed? They are slightly
0: uh, odd. I, I would agree. But – yeah. Obviously, it's game one. There's still a long ways to go in the series. Um, but at the same time, a, a big win for the for the Astros. Before we go to the, uh, the, the nightcap, the the Rays of the Yankees, we have a quick message. It's fall, and at my bookie, that can mean only one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. You can bet the Major League Baseball playoffs. You can bet the NBA playoffs, UFC, NFL, college football. The craziest sports fall of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of futures bets where you can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code BASEBALLAMERICA. That's one word, BASEBALLAMERICA, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sports wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. And we're back. In the nightcap, Yankees versus Rays, and that was a game that was close until it just sounded all Yogi berra until it was uh, not close anymore. Um, it was all of a sudden, one swing of the bat, Giancarlo Stanton, and a game that looked like it would be coming down to the wire was no longer coming down to the wire. An epic blast to center field by, you know, yet, a, yet another reminder, as we talked about, Colin, I think, talked about this on the podcast yesterday. This Yankees team, what during the regular season, a lot of the time was was usually running one or two uh, players short of their normal allotment because of injuries. During the playoffs, they're not, and because of that, I mean, Aaron Hicks had a big game. Gio Ursula continues to you know to 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 find you know find good hits. DJ LeMahieu still you know is is proving to be a very useful leadoff hitter for them yesterday. Clint Frazier, who kind of really got his shot during the regular season because of the injuries to Judge and Stanton, hits a homer before getting subbed. But overall, this Yankees lineup is back to kind of the depth that um, that it was expected to have now that everyone's healthy. Um, and when they do... One, two, three, four homers last night is enough to kind of uh, blow open a game against a very good and a very deep raised pitching staff.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Hicks's big game. He was the only one who drove in any runs without home runs. Other than that, seven of the nine were were home runs. You know, A solo shot from Frazier, solo shot from Tegashioka, um, missing someone. Uh, grand grand <Slam, slam, slam from Stanton. Grand slam grand slam from Stanton, but there's still one else. Uh, one else that I'm missing. Uh oh, Aaron Judge, that guy. Yeah. Uh, solo shot from Aaron Judge on a, a lollipop kind of breaking ball that lasered out of there. Uh it, it was the Bronx bombers. It was Slam Diego. It was <laughs> quite both. A... They 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 checked both boxes. This they had a thing. grand slam. It wasn't San Diego, and they were the Bronx bombers. Someone but, pointed out that it was the second straight night the Yankees have hit a grand slam. Well, second straight game the Yankees have hit a grand slam. And the first time in, I think, their history that they've hit they got home runs from the eight and nine spot in a postseason game, which, what? So I, I ran some
0: numbers on this. You know, we, we talk about it's, it's the three true outcome world we live in now, strikeouts, home runs, and walks. But it's really kind of become strikeouts and home runs in many ways. I ran the numbers on every game of the playoffs this morning. And my numbers, I, I did this by hand, so my numbers, I haven't checked them. I should have double-checked them. I apologize on that. So it might be off by a run or two. Maybe I missed something. But so far, we have in, in 20 games so far, we have 166 total runs scored in the playoffs. 84 of those, or 50.6% of those, have come on home runs. On top of that, if you said, "Okay, let's just say that you can't, you know, like the team that could a team win a game purely on the runs that they scored on homers in that game right now in nine of the 20 games, the team that scored runs on homer the the home run runs were enough for the team to win the game. Another two games, the run scored on home runs, nothing else. Would be enough to have tied the game, and there are nine games where they have not scored enough runs purely on the home runs to win the game. This is a home run world that we live in right now. Um, this also, I, I do think part of it is with the shifts, with the in, you know, with the, the the positioning that makes it harder to, to get singles, especially line drives through the infield, ground balls through the infield, with the strikeouts that we have now it's harder to string together multi-run rallies without a homer. I also took this and said, okay, let's look and see how many games have had a multi-run inning without a home run in the game. And altogether there have been 18 half innings in the entirety of the playoffs where a team scored two or more runs without a home run. That's, it's. There are many a game where one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There have been nine of the twenty games this year in the playoffs so far, where no team ever scored two runs or more in an inning without hitting a home run. It's, it. The the world we live in right now with baseball, it it kind of encourages swinging for the fences because it's really hard to score a lot of runs without swinging for the fences. And right now let's also be clear. It's not that hard to hit home runs. If you are as good as these players are Giancarlo Stanton is better off striking out three times and hitting a home run in a game, whether that's good for baseball or not, than he is to say, I'm going to choke up here on it and take a really good two strike approach. I I mean, is that, am I off base in that? Do you think Josh or, you know, that is that the world we live in? No, I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's what's taught these days, elevate and celebrate. And it's taught on pretty much all 30 clubs to every type of player with every type of body, with every type of game, uh, no matter what. Almost, almost without fail. I don't think we're teaching the Terrence Gores of the world that. I hope that. But, but I mean, I, I had remarked to a minor league hitting coach about this. It's we have a sport that is so diverse in the types of bodies that can play this game you can get altuve you can get judge you can get g-man Choi. all these guys can play alejandro kirk can play this game but we're all teaching them the same thing and it's not shouldn't be a surprise when offense looks very similar down the line whether that's a good thing or a bad thing that's for you to decide but it's a very interesting phenomenon i think that is kind of pervading sport. It's not new either, but the, the, just the aspect of uh, the different body types is what kind of struck me. Like, okay, all these guys have different skill sets. Why are we always teaching them the same thing? It's, it's very well,
0: weird. I, I would say the answer to that is, is that the current environment of the game encourages, you know, going in that direction. Now there have been other times in the game If you have the speedy AstroTurf we had in the 80s, a lot of the players who are playing right now who are successful may not particularly fit in a world where if you put them in the outfield and any ball into the gap is a double or triple, if you're not speedy to cover, you know, to get to that gap very quickly. If you're in an environment where the ball doesn't carry and you can really get a good charge into it, but only only the hardest hit balls at the perfect launch angles are going to clear the fence. If that's the case, then I I think that, you know, you, you have to look for a different type of player. But to kind of just follow up on that a little bit more, the Yankees have three wins in the playoffs right now. In two of those three wins, their homers were sufficient. The runs they scored on their homers were sufficient to win it. The Rays have two wins in the playoffs both times their home runs were sufficient to win it they got some really good pitching too against the Blue Jays but that's the case the Padres have two wins in the playoffs both times you know in in both cases I'm sorry the yeah in both cases in one case the Padres would have won the game on home runs in the other case they tied the game on home runs they would have had to go to extra innings the Braves one of their two wins home runs were sufficient it's something where the Marlins both of their wins the home runs were sufficient. The thing that stands out here is that the teams that are winning right now, home runs are a big part. And again, home runs and pitching a lot of times like the Marlins didn't hit it. It's what, not like they hit nine home runs. It's that they hit a couple of home runs and they got some really good pitching, but the well, environment we're in now. And again, I, I don't know. People are bigger and stronger. I, I don't know what the environment really can be particularly changed in, you know, in, in 2020, if they wanted to, um, you know, Aaron judge, Dr. Carlos Stanton are going to hit a ball out. You could put them in the polo grounds, you know, from, an, and you, they would go, oh, look down those lines. Yeah, maybe 460 to 480 to center, but I can hit anywhere in the power alleys and it's going to clear. There's not really a whole lot of ballparks that have ever been built that are going to hold a lot of these guys in, but that said, you know, it is when. I just say this partly as we keep hearing, and especially in some broadcasts, about the hey, you know, you should be laying down a bunt, moving the runners over, and all that. In a lot of these games, if you just swing for the fences, that has been a winning strategy. And in some ways, again, like last yesterday, if you're the Rays, Garrett Cole's really good. Garrett Cole strikes out a lot of batters. If you said to me, are you more likely that G-Man Choi, Garrett Cole killer, is going to catch up to one and hit a home run against Garrett Cole, or that you were going to string a walk in two hits or three hits together before you get three outs. Randy Orozarena and G-Man Choi had the right approach.
1: And it's, it's funny, if I remember the pitch correctly, Randy Reyna not only took out Garrett Cole, but he took out Garrett Cole on elevated fastball, which is supposed to be, you no, know, that, that might be a Fraser home run I'm thinking about, but an elevated fastball is supposed to be the ball that is like impossible to hit. You have to get on top, you, know, you have to get it and square it. And he crushed it know, oh, hundred something miles an hour. That's insane. But to go back for a second here uh, about, you know, home runs and everybody's doing it. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me with talking to, you know, front office types about various things was the velocity revolution is, is there too and part of the reason this organization has developed a lot of velocity is because they teach their pitchers to try to throw harder it's intent it's how do we throw harder we try to throw harder and it's it kind of is an interesting thing to go back because you know when you're when you're in little league or whatever and you hear you know how do you hit a home run well don't try to hit a home run well that seems to be changing now you try to hit a home run and what's the result? Well, a lot more home runs. Now, you can add, add in the, uh, the juicy baseballs to the equation that may or may not still be around. Uh, I, I think there was a, kind of a mixed bag this year. Um, but that, that certainly helps. But it seems like guys are now going against that age-old uh, piece of wisdom. Don't try to hit a home run and say, no, 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 no. Let's, let's try to hit a home run and see what happens. And well, bam, training home runs.
0: Training now is, okay – we are able to quantify things that seemed logical, but were not quantified before. The reality of it is, is that swinging the bat harder, getting generating additional bat speed leads to extra distance. It leads to extra exit velocity. Now I know that some people listen to go, I don't ever want to hear about exit velocity. Exit velocity drives me crazy. Okay. For you replace exit velocity with hitting the ball hard. Hitting the ball hard is better. And the reality of it is, is that hitting the ball hard in the air with players this big and strong leads to home runs. And that's what, if you're big and strong, again, if you're Terrence Score, no, do not hit the ball in the air. Hitting the ball in the air for you means that you are hitting pop-outs. But if you are the average major league player in 2020, hitting the ball hard in the air leads to a lot of beneficial outcomes. And uh, again, the thing I've always said is, Major League Baseball sets the rules. If you are a team, if you are players, your job is not to produce the most aesthetically pleasing version of the game. Your job is to win games. The aesthetically pleasing portion of it comes down to rules that are established by the governing body governing the game. And if they want to decide at some point that this is too many home runs and strikeouts, there are things they can try to do to reduce home runs and strikeouts. But this is the environment we're in. And so that, that's what we are. Now,
1: the, a, a, a you couple, know. A couple points there. Like, yeah. number one, I, I don't know when a home run stop being aesthetically pleasing, but that's malarkey. Like, that's one of the most aesthetically pleasing plays in any sport. Uh a walk-off home run, a moonshot, a Stanton line drive yesterday, Uh, you know, all those things. That's one of the best things you can do. I don't know when we got to the point where the best outcome is somehow falling out of favor. That's madness. But uh, But it's it's
0: what comes with it, I would say, which is uh, if you, I mean, again, I follow when some people say this, if you say that home runs are interesting but if you have a three hour game and you have three home runs, and other than that, there's no traffic on the bases, there's no um difficult, you know, decisions to be made. It's just strikeouts and a single or a walk here, a race on, you know, like a double play or whatever. If it's nothing other than home runs and strikeouts, there's not a lot of action to the game, is the argument I think would, would be sure up.
1: and and you hear that from from a lot of people and that's that's fair it's you know maybe i'm a little biased because my favorite player of all time is adam dunn so this <laughs> is kind of my paradise right now
0: yeah I, I you know I, I i think that you know that's again that's the game we have and there are good things about it there's always good things about it and there's always bad things about it there's it's the it's the law of consequences both unintended and intentional that's where we are. And I expect today, as we watch it again, I'm going to keep track of this throughout the rest of the postseason. I expect today that 50% or so of our runs will be scored off of home runs. Maybe a little less because we got a lot of game one starters, but maybe it's a little more because we got a lot of game one starters. Again, if you're facing Max Fried, it's unlikely, it's possible, but it's unlikely you're going to have a four-run inning because you, you know, you batted around and you had just a cavalcade of singles and a couple of doubles in there. But it's also I mean, more possible that Max Freed makes a mistake and someone in the Marlins lineup makes him pay for it.
1: I mean, and you, all you, of a sudden, it's one you, or two runs. You say that, but, you know, Garrett Cole and Blake Snell are two game-one starters, and there were a few home runs in that game yesterday. As far as I recall, there's only one hit off of a non-Blake Snell or uh, Garrett Cole. In that
0: was John Curtis and- gave up. John Curtis would prefer that you forget about his, you know. But but the other thing that but the other thing with that is is though is that that I thought that's key about this though is is that, that you just touched on is we saw some really good pens yesterday. The work from the pens other than John Curtis in both games was relatively top notch. Again, the A's had some problems but that was really defensively. But how much do you think we're going to see teams that that how I kind of love the five best of five where you don't get any off days. I kind of feel like it makes the games more interesting than uh, here we're going to play. We're going to play a couple, then we're going to have an off day where everyone feels like the bullpens are going to be rested and they throw the bullpens at it it every, you know, all game. I kind of like the fact that Blake Snell and Garrett Cole were basically charged with trying to get five or six innings out of it. Same in the A's, you know, and again, Same thing we expect to see today in the National League games, although in the Padres case, depends a little bit on, you know, who's pitching.
1: Yeah. And early reports seem to say that Clevenger was doing okay. And by me saying that, it will be someone else. But, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting, you know, not to see a guy, you know, go two innings and then hand it off to, you know, whichever reliever. It was it was a little bit of a throwback, which is weird to say. That you had a guy who goes five or six and then give it to the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, the ninth inning guy, who are, you know, usually freak nasty, by the way. I, I just love that, like, it, that's another thing that we, comes, comes back to the, you know, hitting is, pure hitting, is worse these days. Pitchers are all wizards these days. The fact that, again, I'll go back to Enoli Paredes that dude was so good. Like look, 96, 98 with that, you know, that mythical rising fastball. This is just a 25 year old. They plucked out a double A he was throwing the hell out of the ball. And he's, you know, it doesn't look like it. Christian Javier is pretty darn good too. Uh, you get guys like, you know, Zach Britton's not exactly uh, new, but you know, he's throwing the heck out of the ball. That everybody, it seems like these days can get on pitching ninja. That everybody has something that can get on pitching ninja. And I don't know how hitters hit these days. And in a oh. lot of cases, they don't.
0: The other thing that stood out from the Rays game, I mean the Rays side was the other thing about pitching nowadays is, is you wanna be weird. The less mm-hmm. you are like other guys, the better. And that raise outing, I kind of the Rays pitching in that game really kind of You know, I don't know if you can be more different than when you go Blake Snell to Ryan Thompson to Oliver Drake because, you know, Ryan Thompson is an unusual arm slot. I think we can both great minor league rule five pick. Kudos to the Rays there. And then Oliver Drake's back to over the top. You got Snell from the... And then, by the way, you finish with Shane McClanahan, who, you know, there aren't a whole lot of guys like Shane McClanahan in the world aren't there. Well, I guess there are more now than there used to be, you know, but you know, but you're right. It
1: looks like if, if Garrett crochet was throwing like Shane McClanahan, he'd bring a trainer out. And that's exactly what happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know, but, but again, it is something where, yes. The other part of this is, is to circle it back to kind of perfect wrap up for this of home. You know, there's a lot of homers. Part of the reason there's also a lot of homers Hitting overall now really hard, and if you're if you're gonna do it, you know if you're gonna have like one positive outcome in your in your game, one positive outcome that, that gets you four
1: bases is is the way to go. A lot of times, and I do want to go back. You know, we talked about exit velocity and people getting tired of it. What, another one of my you know favorite phenomenons these days is somehow pitchers' velocity is an old school stat. But exit velocity is a new school stat. And I do not understand why one wouldn't be embraced. Like the same phenomenon, uh, the same kind of principle applies. Okay, you throw it harder, the hitter is going to have less time to react. Okay, cool. Exit velocity, you hit it harder, the fielder is going to have less time to react. Mm -hmm. Why is one of those things like uh, old school and the other some avant-garde, you know, Ivy League, you know, nerd stat? It's the same principle. It's just new. And, and you said it best. It's hitting the ball hard. Just think about it that way. That's the first thing they teach you in Little League. Hit the ball hard somewhere. And here it is just with a fancy two-word name that kind of sounds a little science And people throw up their hands and say the game's being run by nerds. Like This is not rocket science, people. Hit the ball hard. Sometimes it's just it's quantifying around, you know, it's, something we've always known.
0: I mean, that's, that's the the reality of it is,
1: is that when you quantify it, you're
0: quantifying something that people knew when, when they talked about Mickey Mantle, they didn't say, you know, he hits the ball really softly. You know, it, again, when you say the flip side of when I talked to scouts, you know, years ago, and we talked about, he hits with a rolled up wet newspaper. What does that mean? He didn't have a whole lot of exit velocity.
1: Right. It's like. I, and you know, it doesn't always work. Sure, a Rosa Reina's out yesterday, it was 111 miles an hour and it got caught. It doesn't work every time, but a hundred mile an hour fastball put in the wrong place gets hit to the hills. There were, when these waves of minor league uh, releases came during this pandemic, there were multiple guys on that list who throw hundred miles an hour. It doesn't always work, but it'll get you a job in both cases.
0: But well, we've got we've gone on because we've had fun talking about this. But we need to wrap this up so I can get this edited and posted before we have games today. But thankfully, we're looking back, not forward, so we have a little bit longer time that you can enjoy this podcast, hopefully. We do thank you for the download. We do thank you if you want to. You can send put it in a review on what whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever, Google Play. I could go on now. Amazon started podcast. On whatever your favorite podcast aggregator is, I still use Podcast Addict myself, and I think I'm, you know, in a, JJ's
1: you know, probably just loud enough. You guys can just hear him if you cup That's, your hands. That is to the also hills. true.
0: <laughs> yeah, it volumes never been a problem for me. But for Josh Norris, I'm JJ Cooper here on the Baseball America play, Playoff Podcast presented by my bookie. For Josh, I'm JJ. So long, everybody.